Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Wednesday morning. We are recording this on a Wednesday morning, so your information is live and up to date. Uh, We've got a commitment to talk about in the 2023 football class, which seems like a year that doesn't really exist. But uh, we have one to cover. We got a game to preview here. Western Kentucky homecoming game on Saturday night. I almost said Saturday afternoon because it feels like it should be an afternoon game. But Saturday night, Western Kentucky comes to town. And uh, Scott, Wednesday morning, I uh, just finished my cup of coffee here. How are we doing? Well, I uh, got tricked by my snooze button accidentally, turned my alarm off, overslept, left you hanging. So I'm still working through the coffee, still rubbing the uh, sleep out of the eyes, but still excited to be here, excited to break this one down. Uh, There's some interesting things about this matchup, uh, which we'll obviously get into. I don't think it's as uh, chalk as I'm sure the MSU Athletic Department was hoping for when they scheduled it, but uh, should be a fun matchup Saturday night. Um... Yeah, excited to get into it. Yeah, it's it's uh, like we've said many a times now. Uh, it's the second week of this, actually. But traveling, visiting my parents, so the, the Apple headphones are in use. The microphone is not. Uh, and some scheduling things have, have come up over the last week or so. So for anybody who's listening, we apologize for some kind of weird... Uh, scheduling days and audio, and it's it's been a mess, but we're trying to make it all work for you. Uh, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. So we're we're still pumping out these episodes for for the good people, even if we have to do so uh, early in the morning. So here we are. Um, yeah, we we've got a fun game to preview here. I want to start real quick with the commitment. Um, Brennan Paracheck, tight end. Class of 2023, the first commitment of the 2023 class. Uh, it's it's always kind of um, an interesting position to be in as the kid, being the first one in the class. You're you're kind of responsible now for helping recruit some of the other guys. Out of Dexter, six foot six, 235 pounds. A couple interesting offer here uh, as far as the Power Five: Arizona State, Kansas. If we're still counting that as Power Five, Kentucky. Pitt, Purdue. Um, so definitely not the first Power Five school to offer him, but uh, in-state kid. Scott, anything stick out to you about 
the new commitment, Brendan Paracek? No, I mean, he's a big target. Um, higher ranked than I kind of expected, all the way up to almost top 300. Um, coach describes him as a size mismatch and a hard worker and a great teammate. So uh, I don't think there's a whole lot here. We'll, I'll break down the tape uh, later and take a look. But I think just a big target to work with. And uh, and I think the big story here is that we're getting the 23 class off to a, to a good start. So um, hopefully these will start to roll. And actually, speaking of recruiting, today is, if you listen to this earlier Wednesday, and it hasn't happened yet, today is Dylan Tatum's um, announcement day. I think it's this afternoon or evening. Um, so obviously a lot of chatter around Michigan State with Dylan Tatum. We will see what he finally decides. But while we're on the topic of recruiting, um, opening up the 23 class and potentially closing down the 22 class this evening. So uh, exciting times taken, as Mel Tucker says, the next step. Yeah, big day. Uh, you have a 4-0 football team looking to, like you said, close out a recruiting class and, and begin another one. It's it's exciting times around East Lansing, and that's why you're going to want to subscribe to the Standing Room Spartans podcast if you haven't already. How's that for a promo? Um, <clears throat> no, we, we've got a lot of stuff to get to before we do that. Uh, we'll have the picks coming up on Friday, but if you want to go ahead and get in early, Week four of the NFL, week five of college football is coming up with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game, college, NFL, any football game, CFL. I don't know. Is Canadian Football League on right now? That beats me. Well, if you want to bet on it, you can. And you can win $150 when you place a $1 bet. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a $1 bet on any game to receive $150 in free bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN to receive your $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We all know you're a gambling we all know that you're on DraftKings, uh, and if you're not already, please use the promo code TPPN. And so let's let's start getting into this preview here. We'll talk about some of the interesting matchups. Uh, I think I want to start with there's a really interesting dynamic in play here with Western Kentucky and their offense. You know, we'll get into some of the stats, but they throw the ball all around the yard. They're not really a team that's going to run the ball ball a whole lot. They're going to throw it. They're going to throw it often. They're going to throw it with a lot of tempo. And the interesting thing here is their offensive coordinator comes over from Houston Baptist, a lower level school. He brought his quarterback. He brought his top two receivers with him. So their quarterback here, uh, Bailey Zappi, 
he is a transfer from from Houston Baptist, but he came over with the offensive coordinator. So while there's a lot of transfers on this team, uh, their quarterback, a couple of their top receivers have been playing together for a long time. Uh, Bailey Zappi has started 39 college football games to this point, uh, most of them at a lower level, but it, he has a lot of experience running this system. He's run it basically his whole career. His top receiver, Jareth Stearns, who's leading the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns this year, he came over from Houston Baptist as well. These two have been starting games together since 2018. So there's a lot of rapport there. There's a lot of familiarity with the scheme there. And while, you know, I guess technically they're transfers, they're new to Western Kentucky, this system, this scheme, the, the way that they throw the ball is nothing new to these kids. They're going to do it. They're going to do it often. Bailey Zappi has 19 more attempts than Peyton Thorne so far this season. They've played one fewer game. So to give you an idea, that's kind of the team we're looking at. Uh, Scott, when you're looking at the Western Kentucky offense versus the Michigan State defense, what stands out to you? So if I could give a, a game comparison to, to kind of prepare these MSU fans, if you remember back early in 2018, actually our first game in 2018, Utah State came to uh, Spartan Stadium led by Jordan Love at the time relatively unknown quarterback who obviously is now backing up Aaron Rodgers in the NFL. Uh, it was a night game similar to this one. It was earlier in the year, but um, they came to town and they put us on the ropes. Uh, it was a 38 to 31 game. We, we pulled out the win with a late touchdown from, if you can believe it, Connor Hayward back in 2018. And um, an insane Superman play by Joe Bocci. Yes. Yes. So uh, that game, I, it was really frustrating. It was, we were playing a bend, don't break defense. They were taking what we were giving them. They were moving down the field, converting on third downs, mostly just throwing the ball. They had 25 rushes, but outside of their running back, they really didn't have any yards on the ground. Um, 25 rushes for 25 yards, actually. So it, most of their yards came through the air and they just did what they needed to. And this Western Kentucky team did the exact same thing last week to Indiana. Uh, granted they were playing at home for whatever reason Indiana decided to make that trip um, but I think this game has the potential to be that if again if they're patient and willing to take what we give them we're going to play our cover three zone where they can have the uh, the flats and they're going to take advantage of that this offense is is an offense that likes to do that the only thing they're going to do different than other teams potentially is I think you're going to see a lot more RPO looks where they're looking at those flats but if we're getting too greedy and trying to take away the passing game and dropping our linebackers out of the box, they're going to hand the ball off and let him poke around up the middle. So we got to stay honest with that. So um, I don't think it's anything we can't manage as long as we stay honest and, you know, take away the big plays and keep them underneath. And most importantly, make our tackles, especially on the outside. We saw this in every game so far. We live and die by making tackles on the outside. We got a little bit loose with it against Miami, and it cost us on a couple drives. So that's the key here. I mean, they're going to get those flats. It's going to be frustrating. They're going to be converting on third downs. We're going to let them have some of the field and try to uh, dig in our heels near the red zone. So, um, yeah, that's the story here. Um, yeah, it, it does. It does come down to tackling and red zone defense. They're, you know, I was watching that Indiana game last week for Western Kentucky. 
they're throwing a ton of quick game stuff. They're trying to get to the line of scrimmage before you get to substitute, before you get to move guys on and off the field for matchups. They're trying to get you. They're trying to get you quickly. And it's a lot of quick game, man. Bailey Zappi is completing 73% of his passes. It's bubble screens. It's hitches. It's quick outs to the flats. It's dump offs to the running back even. Um, they're they're running fast, and, and they're basically just throwing the ball before you're even ready to set your defense up. So that's going to be the key. Tackling on the outside, red zone defense, like you said there, I, I think it's there are some good matchups here. Uh, they're not really keeping a whole lot of guys in to protect. So this hot streak of pass rushing for Jacob Panishuk hopefully can continue. Hopefully he can get some havoc in the backfield. Um, and if if we can rattle him a little bit, I think that's going to make it our, our jobs a lot easier. But I don't think we're in a position where we can really blitz too often because they get the ball out of their hands so quickly that I, I don't think a, a blitz pickup from, you know, Quiveris Crouch, who's been really effective in the blitz game, from Xavier Henderson, who's been really effective in the blitz game, I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of that because this kid's getting the ball out of his hands in less than two seconds. It's It makes it really difficult to get home and, and you're sacrificing coverage, you're sacrificing potential tacklers uh, in the back end for that. So it's going to be going to need to be a big game from the, from the linebackers, from the safeties, the guys that are going to be relied upon to make those quick sure tackles on a quick slant on a bubble screen. Uh, Cal Holiday, Quiveris Crouch, they're going to have to go get out in space and, and cover some of these slot receivers, some of these running backs. They're going to be put in some tough spots because, like I said, Western Kentucky, they really like to run tempo. So we're not going to be able to sub off somebody and you know bring in a Darius Snow to, to help with some of the quick game stuff. We're going to have to rely on these guys to, to go out there and make plays sideline to sideline, which they've been doing a pretty good job of so far this year, but this is going to be a really big test for them. Um, anything else on that side of the ball before we move on to the other side? No, the running game is is quiet. Um, they have 64 attempts this year for 244 yards, just under four yards a, a carry and uh, three scores on the ground, it looks like. So um, it's really going to be about shutting down this, this pass attack. Um, I think if we can get the pass rush home, it will help. I think it's going to be really tough just given the timing of their plays to get home. Uh, so, yeah, I think it just comes down to uh, see ball, get ball get the guy on the ground and keep everything in front of you. And then uh, we'll just have to make our plays on the offense. So um, let's talk about their defense a little bit. Um, Kevin, when we were looking at this, um, so, saw some similarities to, to our scheme, but what, what stuck out to you? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> they're, they're beatable on defense. I guess we'll start there. I, you know, w- with a lot of these high powered offense type of type of, teams type of schemes the defense really gets sacrificed uh they've given up let's see 21 points to tennessee martin they gave up 35 to army uh, or 38 to army excuse me and 33 to indiana so they're giving up a bunch of points against teams who don't typically light up the scoreboard now army runs that triple option it's it's really hard to defend if you're not used to it if you haven't seen it before and that's a scheme that's obviously nothing like what we're going to be running. So we'll, we'll kind of focus on what Indiana did to them because, you know, Tennessee Martin, they're, they're a much lower level team. 
Indiana runs a relatively similar offense to us. So I, I think Indiana's the best comparison. And, you know, Stephen Carr was uh, Indiana's running back. He was able to get a lot of what he wanted on the ground. There was a lot of poor tackling from uh, from Western Kentucky in that game. Uh, but they're going to, you know, Indiana spreads it out a little bit, uh, same as us. You know, they're not bringing in two tight ends and a fullback too often. So Western Kentucky was lining up in the nickel uh, most of the game from what I saw. Um, so they're going to spread it out uh, on defense, and they're going to try to play some matchups. And and if we're able to run the ball and able to pound the rock with Kenneth Walker with, you know, one tight end in there and three wide receivers – I think if our offensive line can win their matchups, I think that's going to be something we can exploit. I think we're going to be able to get yards on the ground whenever. Yeah, I mean, every team now is going to be keying on our run game, I think, after the start that Kenneth Walker had. And especially after uh, Peyton Thorne didn't look particularly sharp last week, they're probably going to want to force him to uh, to throw the ball and beat them in some tighter windows. So, you know, I mentioned their scheme looks kind of similar to ours. They run a lot of nickel. Uh, actually a surprising amount of dime defense as well in normal sets. Um, granted, Indiana probably likes to throw the ball a little bit more than us, so that may be something that played into that game plan. But in any case, a lot of cover three um, zone and a lot of the same thing we're going to do where they're going to give up a lot of the underneath stuff. Um, so I think it'll be a game where you see Peyton Thorne getting the ball out. He's going to have to hit those crossers to Naylor. He's going to have to hit Reed on slants. He's going to have to hit Connor Hayward in the flats and just let them kind of do their thing. And if the, uh, you know, the shaky tackling continues from Western Kentucky, I think we should get some good gashes out of that. But I don't expect with that cover three zone to get a whole lot over the top. I'm sure we'll attack the seams a little bit with uh, guys like Naylor out of the slot. But, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup. And um, if we can get the ground game running, I don't think the offense struggles too much in this one. Yeah, the the thing that stood out for me is you look at Indiana. I mean, Michael Penix had 373 yards, Stephen Carr over 100 yards rushing. It It really seemed like they were kind of able to do whatever they wanted to do. They just got stalled up in the red zone a couple times and their kicker had to bail them out. He had four field goals on the night and and really was the difference in a two-point ball game so need to convert in the red zone uh don't really want to put Matt Coughlin in, into that situation where he has to bail us out time and time again and, and we're settling for field goals instead of touchdowns you're playing a team like Western Kentucky not really what you want to do you know there's that old MO like field goals aren't going to beat this type of team uh, they're scoring, what, 41 points a, a game or something this year to this point, and that's not really a position you want to be in when you're settling for field goals and something we had to do a couple times last week against, granted, a much better defense, but this is a good week for for the Michigan State offense to prove we can finish drives uh, down in the red zone, that you can you know, run when, when there isn't a whole lot of space and your offensive linemen are, are kind of working in a phone booth or that your receivers can separate in a really short area. So this is going to be a good opportunity for them to kind of get back on track on the offensive side of the ball after what was a brutal second half against Nebraska. Hopefully we can take some momentum from, from just winning the game and, and really convert that into a strong performance here. I, I would love to see us put another 30 plus game uh, on the 
on the field. Sounds like a weird way to say it, but I, I would love to see us put up another 30 points, put up 40 points uh, against a defense that's definitely exploitable. Again, it's, it's going to come down to converting in the red zone because I don't think we'll have a lot of trouble moving the ball between the 20s. It's when that short, you know, when the field shortens up, when the spaces get a little bit smaller, when the throwing windows get a little bit tighter, you know, can we make those plays? If we can, I don't think we're going to have too many problems in this one, especially on the offensive side of the ball. If we can't, that's where, you know, this high-powered Western Kentucky passing game, you know, they could start breathing down your neck a little bit. You get a couple early touchdowns and, you know, it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. And and so we're going to have to score early. Indiana got up to a 14 nothing lead and then just barely hung on to it later in the game. But but that early lead was huge for them. Western Kentucky is going to be throwing the ball either way, whether they're winning or losing. So, you know, if you can put them a position where, where they're having to come back, I think that's going to be the best place that we can be. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the key here. My kind of stat of the week for Western Kentucky, they are third in the country in passing offensive yards per game. So they can get on you in a hurry. It uh, doesn't matter if it's a couple possessions in the fourth quarter, they're going to be able to get the ball and uh, if they're having success against your defense they're going to be able to move it very quickly down the field so you can't sleep on this one you got to like you said get off to a big lead and uh, keep them in check prevent the big plays and make sure you got a lot of bodies going in and out because uh, a a tempo like this if our defense is on the field as much as it was against Nebraska they're going to be pretty worn out by the end of the game so um, yeah that's key and what I'm seeing right now too you know we we kind of brought this up last week, you know, we'll hit the the spread obviously on Friday for our picks, but you put me on the spot here last week with the, the Michigan state Nebraska game. I'm looking at an over under. So right now, uh, as, as I'm looking at it, Michigan state is a 10 and a half point favorite over under at 64. What are the uh, what are you feeling on that over under, Scott? Sixty four well, points. That's exactly where Indiana and Western Kentucky were. Thirty three to thirty one, they hit sixty four on the nose. So, um, I I like the under um, from what we saw from our offense last week, and Western Kentucky against better competition is right around thirty points. I think we'll probably be a little bit more staunch than the the last two so I'd put Western Kentucky somewhere in the high 20s probably our offense needs to bounce back but we'll probably try to run the ball and control the the tempo of the game a little bit against a, a fast moving team like this keep our defense off the field getting a breather as much as we can so I think I'm going to take the under here um if yeah they're saying something like a 37 to 27 game you know if you're if you're kind of doing the math there on a 10-point spread, a 64-point over-under, 37-27, call it 38-28, right? Sounds about right. You know, it sounds like a a game we should be able to put up north of 30 points, you know, 35, 38 points. And I don't think we're going to shut them out by any stretch of the imagination. So I kind of like the over. I kind of think Michigan State's offense is going to be able to get what they want, and and they're going to be out on a mission to prove we can score in the red zone after last week. I don't think we're going to let the foot off the gas if we do get up early, knowing that they have the capability to put up two, three touchdowns in the span of a couple minutes if you let them. 
So I, I do think that if we get an early lead, I don't think we're going to go conservative uh, in terms of the play calling. So I, I'm kind of leaning towards the over here, but uh, that's that's a pretty big line for a Michigan State team that really struggled on offense last week, uh, especially in the second half. So really the last time we saw this offense on the field, they were putting up, what was it, 14 yards total in the second half. So anytime I'm picking an over a 64-point spread, that's uh, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. But I, I think I'm leaning that way. I, I wouldn't bet it, but uh, that would be my lean. Yeah, I that's a tough one. But I, I think Peyton Thorne gets back on track. I think Kenneth Walker gets almost whatever he wants in, in this one, and, and that's where I would go. Um Matchup wise, I, anything else really stick out to you before we we call this one a day and and let the people get back to their work day until our, our picks come on Friday? No, I'll just give I guess the key matchup on either side of the ball. So when we're on defense, the key is their passing attack against our secondary's ability to tackle, um, and on offense, it's our running game. Um, they played a pretty loose box against Indiana. If we can take advantage of that, get the same looks, and, uh, and get the running game back on track, get Kenneth Walker another big game that I think uh, it's going to be a good Saturday for us. Yep, so let's wrap it up there. Uh, pretty tight episode, keeping disciplined here. Uh, hopefully everybody enjoys the podcast. Like I said, it, you know, I apologize for, for anything that's come up here with scheduling, with, with everything, with the audio, with traveling. It's, it'll be back to normal uh, very soon. You'll have one more episode, hopefully, to deal with uh, of this. And then we'll be back to my microphone. We'll be back to our, our normal setup and normal schedule. Um, so we, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us and supporting uh, head over to Facebook. We have the Facebook group up and live. It's the Standing Room Spartans community page, I believe it's called. Um, but if you go onto the Twitter, uh, you can find that in a link. Uh, what else am I missing? Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday. Go green. Go white. Take care, folks.